Um, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and we pray that you'd open it to us in a fresh way this morning. Help us to meet you as we read it together, and Lord, we just pray that you would um, both challenge us and minister to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, let's just start by reading this, um, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 to 11. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. You're looking only on the surface of things. If anyone is confident that he belongs to Christ, he should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as he. For even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us, for building you up rather than pulling you down, I will not be ashamed of it. I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters, for some say his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. Such people should realise that what we are in our letters when we are absent, we will be in our actions when we are present. We've read that whole passage because we're making our way through 2 Corinthians um, 10. But actually, this morning, I am just focusing on one verse. And that verse is verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And that's what we're looking at, taking thoughts captive. And that's the title that I've been given, Take Every Thought Captive. Actually, when I was given this title, I sort of laughed really because this is really pertinent for me right now. God has been speaking to me so much about this one verse for the last few weeks. And so I'm feeling quite challenged. And I was almost tempted to rename this, this morning's talk to recognize the incoming because that's the challenge. When those things just come in and, um, and, and affect our thought life, that's... That's the point at which we need to take action, at which we need to take those thoughts captive. When, we, when that, that incoming thing comes and affects how we think, because the incoming thought is sometimes the thing that causes the fear or the doubt, and it's the thought that's actually contrary to God's truth. That's what we need to recognise. It, it might be a lie that the enemy is subtly whispering and it's at that moment when we become aware of it that we need to deal with it so it can't take root in our thinking or in our hearts. So it's about recognising the incoming, whatever the source of that, whether it's something we hear, whether it's something the enemy whispers, whether it's our own thoughts. So let me, let me give you a couple of examples. Because I expect that if you're anything like me, most of us have an area or areas that feel a bit like an Achilles heel, you know? Something that we, we struggle with, even, even though in our heads we know the truth, in our heart of hearts we, we continue to battle because we know we shouldn't feel the way we do. We know we shouldn't think like that. It's, that's the battle. For some it might be around identity, as an example, where you, you continue to battle with those feelings of insignificance. You continue to kind of have that thought that somehow other people are better or more accomplished or more confident or more attractive or whatever it is. Even though your head tells you that God loves you absolutely 
100%, that, that feeling of being overlooked or inferior still pops up if that's an issue. And then, if you're like me, you, you beat yourself up for feeling like that because you know you shouldn't. And so the cycle goes round. For others, it might be fear over finances. Or it might be fear over your children. And it's that area where you wrestle with trusting God. Your head knows what you believe, but... And your head knows that God can be trusted, but your heart or your gut finds that really tricky. Is it just me? I hope not. <laughs> and for me, there are times when I, I continue to struggle with stress and anxiety, especially over health stuff. And I've given testimony to that, but it's hard to admit because I know here in my head that God is faithful, that God heals, that God is my protector. My head knows that. And therefore, even admitting to those kind of issues when we struggle can make us somehow feel ashamed because we, we, we tell ourselves, we sh I shouldn't feel like that, I shouldn't feel like that. And so the guilt trip thing kicks in as well. And I think sometimes the enemy doesn't have to work very hard at all in getting us to, to think out of kilter with God's plumb line and his truth because we can be very adept at spiralling ourselves into a place of hopelessness or fear or arrogance or pride. It doesn't have to be that side of the horse. We can just as easily fall off the other side. And when our thought life is not under the lordship of Jesus, it's very easy to, to stumble. And one single simple thought can actually cause an avalanche of wrong thinking if we choose to agree with it. And that's what's key. And that's all it takes. Giving mental assent, if you like, to a wrong thought can set us drastically off course until we deal with it. The, the evidence of that sometimes might be um, a sense of preoccupation with the thing that's on your mind. If we haven't taken that thought captive, it suddenly seems to fill our entire thinking and we get preoccupied. I don't know if you can kind of visualise a plumb line. A plumb line hangs perfectly vertical, perfectly straight. And when, when that wrong thought pops into your head, for example, you know, maybe God won't keep me safe this time and the fear comes in, or maybe God won't come through for my kids. Whatever that thought is, to start with, we may only be one degree away from the plumb line. A tiny, tiny bit. But if you think about it, if you and I keep going on that trajectory that's just slightly out of kilter, we'll end up further and further away from God's plumb line the more we keep going. Does that make sense? I think we've said this before, but we had a friend who was a commander in the Royal Navy, and he said that if... if the officer set a course that was only half a degree wrong when they set sail. At the end of the journey, they could be thousands of miles away from where they were supposed to be. That's, that's what happens if we don't correct the error, if you like. But the good news is, because the Bible tells us to take every thought captive, we know it's possible. And that's the challenge, isn't it? It's not always easy. I'm not saying it's easy, 
but it's definitely possible. And I would argue that, that our thought life really is the major battleground in the spiritual battle because that's where the incoming stuff gets us out of kilter. And our wrong thoughts actually are temptations. They're temptations to come out of alignment with God. And because they're temptations, that means we absolutely have the chance to do something about them. Absolutely. Because we've been given the weapons of our warfare. We've been given the word of God. We've been given the Holy Spirit. We've been given spiritual authority. We've been given the gift of discernment. We've been given everything we need to do battle and to enforce victory. So it's entirely possible to take every thought captive. The, the feeling that, oh, I can't, I can't possibly overcome this, that in itself is a wrong thought and a temptation, you know? And so the first thing we need to do, the first challenge really, is to recognize it in the first place, to identify those thoughts that need to be taken captive. Our minds are constantly active, aren't they? We're always thinking thoughts, <laughs> whatever they are. Whether we're focusing on the task that we're doing at the moment, whether we, we are reacting in a conversation, whether we're thinking about work, whatever it is, our brains are busy. And so the challenge is to catch those thoughts and attitudes that are contrary to God's truth before they infiltrate our hearts and take root. Okay. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit. We have a wise counsellor who's always with us, and he will show us when we ask him. He will help us in the process. So we, we need to give the Lord permission to convict us when our thoughts are out of alignment. I was going to say when our thoughts are not pure, but it, that almost gives a, a wrong feeling because sometimes we don't recognize them as impure, but they might still be completely wrong. And it, it might be as simple as recognizing that you're feeling annoyed with somebody, maybe at work. Or it might be as simple as getting grumpy when your husband or your kids mess up your beautifully clean kitchen. <laughs> whatever it is, whatever it is. It might be that you lose your, your temper with someone. Those, those are trivial examples, but we still have a choice about how we're going to respond in the moment. And that's what's key. It's recognizing, recognizing the incoming, which is, which is why I think that's quite a, a helpful phrase. And it's choosing not to engage with those thoughts, not to give them our full assent and agreement so they get rooted in us. We need to recognize them for what they are, and then we can deal with them appropriately. Other times, the recognition might come when we suddenly realize that we're feeling anxious about something. God gives peace. I mean, for me, if I'm feeling anxious, that's a, a really sure sign that I need to take my thoughts captive because that's what trips me up. And I need to make them obedient to Christ, even when the temptation to engage with the fear thing is huge. We can still resist. Because as soon as we entertain those what-if type thoughts, we've succumbed to the temptation not to trust God. If you find yourself thinking, oh, but what if? 
Your thoughts are out of alignment. Mine are. And the enemy comes charging in on the back of the what if with all sorts of worst case scenarios. And instead of walking in a place of peace and trust, we can very quickly find ourselves in a place of unbelief and hopelessness and lose all sense of peace. The same is true of any kind of inappropriate thoughts. If we don't deal with them quickly, we can spiral into an unhealthy place in our thought life very, very fast. But as well as dealing with that incoming temptation in the moment, I also believe God wants to free us from long-established unhealthy thought patterns. We will all have them, and they may be more difficult to see clearly because we can fall into habitual thinking, which is so familiar to us, we don't recognize that it's out of alignment with God. But it doesn't mean that it's not. You know, our reactions to certain situations become deeply ingrained. And they, they so become our norm and so familiar that we think they're okay because we don't know any different. It almost feels like they're part of us, that those reactions become part of our personality. And sometimes that's when we need revelation from other people to kind of shine God's light onto those things that have become hidden from us. So it's not just thoughts in the moment, just as important. It's those, it's those thought patterns that we might have had since childhood sometimes. Either way, whether we're dealing with the immediate or whether we're dealing with the long term, the way we bring those things captive, once we've recognized them, is to come in repentance for them. It's very straightforward. We bring them to the cross and we receive God's forgiveness. It's that simple. I mean, every, every individual situation is different, but if you then need to take authority over the energizing scheme of the enemy, then do so. We know that when we pray like that, the enemy has to go. We know it works. If you need more clarification on that, come and talk to me afterwards. Talk to Laurie, talk to one of the elders, talk to one of the prayer team. Or actually, if you, rec if you think that there may be some habitual, long-term wrong thinking going on, book in for a prayer appointment. God wants us free from this stuff. And I just want to say right now, God does not condemn us for our wrong thinking. We condemn ourselves often, but God does not condemn us for our wrong thinking. On the contrary, he is constantly, tirelessly working to bring us into freedom from this stuff because he loves us. His heart is always to set us free. If you find yourself walking in condemnation, that's not God. <laughs> it's a wrong thought. <laughs> John 8:32, you know this verse. It says, "Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free." The key to that verse is that it's knowing the truth that brings freedom. Knowing the truth, the truth you know will set you free. And because we're talking about our thought life, it's really important, having done that, having recognized it, having come in repentance, having done battle with the enemy, that we daily need to ink in and reinforce those changes to our thoughts. 
I think a scientist would say it's about rewiring our brains so we, we, we grow no new neural pathways, if you like, so that the new thinking becomes habitual. And lies that we've believed or lies that we've spoken out need to be consciously replaced with the truth because the enemy will fill a vacuum. Find specific scriptures that declare truth into your situation. Meditate on them. Pray them over yourself. Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Biblical truth will help us enormously with overcoming those areas of our thought life we find difficult to overcome. We need truth. We need to know what's in the Bible. Scriptures are one of the most powerful weapons in our armory against the enemy. Paul writes in Philippians 4.4, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. If I'm honest, I've struggled with that verse because it's just made me feel guilty that I feel anxious because <laughs> it feels pie in the sky sometimes. But actually there's a, there's a massive difference in trying not to be anxious and allowing God to make that possible. And that's what I've been realizing recently. If the Bible says do not be anxious, it's because it is possible. It's not some unattainable ideal at all. If it's in scripture, it means it's possible for you and for me. And if we don't take captive those little whispered enemy lies, we won't see our situation through the eyes of faith. It's about looking from a different perspective. If we look at our situation through the lens of biblical truth, it will bring that different perspective because it's God who brings change and transformation. This is not about self-improvement. This is not about us making the changes in isolation. This is about cooperating with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to bring the change and transformation. Paul goes on to write in Philippians 4, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I love that. It's a promise, the peace of God that transcends understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. When we bring our thoughts captive, that's what will happen. He goes on to say, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, worthy, think about such things. He's telling us how to think. We're not supposed to think about all the rubbish, all the what-ifs, all the fears, all the comparisons. Think about what is pure, what is lovely, what is right. It's so beautiful. Because we're designed to be overcomers. If you know your original design, declare it over yourself. 
That's who you are. That's how God designed you to be. Declare it over yourself every day. Believe God's promises because they're all true. doesn't matter how we feel. They are true. Or find some worship songs which declare the particular truth that you need to hear right now. I find God speaks to me through worship songs really powerfully sometimes when I engage in the words in a different way. And they can really minister to us. So choose to listen to worship sometimes. All of those things will help shift our mindsets and our thought patterns. Conversely, but equally important, if you find, for example, a particular TV program triggers you into your wrong thinking again, do the sensible thing and stop watching it. Or a particular novel triggers you, stop reading it. There are things we can do to help ourselves. And of course, the, the, the process of overcoming sin in our thought life will be lifelong. Of course it will. The process of overcoming sin is lifelong. But I do want to encourage all of us this morning because... I've said it so many times, we are designed to be overcomers. We don't need to live in a place of defeat. And I've shared with you some, I'm, I've, I've been honest about some of my struggles with anxiety, but there are other areas that I used to struggle with massively that are genuinely no longer difficult at all because those particular battles have been won once and for all. We have the victory, it's a done deal, we know that. And, and it is possible to win these battles so that those things that we struggled with in the past don't any longer cause us to stumble and to trip up. And the more we bring those thoughts into captivity under Jesus, the more we will be transformed into his likeness. And the more we will walk fully as the people God's designed us to be. And I think that verse, those verses from Philippians about thinking about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, God wants us to live with that as our frame of reference. Because that's how we're designed to be. Amen. <laughs>